0: Not the kind that wiggle, tea, that you drink, not scribble, all
1: together in a cottage she calls day. Toes and Tea with Nanny Bee. Oh, jolly good, we have our first visitor. Make yourselves comfortable, grab a cup of tea if you wish, and
0: prepare yourselves for another tale from my neighbor Jules, who will be
1: here any minute now. Wait right there. I will see who that is. Hello? Who is it? Hello, Nanny Bee.
0: It's your neighbor, Jules, with a story. How fortuitous. We were just talking about you. Hello. Do come in. Come in. Why, thank you, Nanny Bee. You know, we've got more than a story for you this week. We've got a caller with a wonder word.
1: The wonder word! Hi, Nanny Bee. My name's Lola. I've got this week's wonder word, which is. Hodgepodge. A hodgepodge is a jumble, things in disorder. My pencil case is a hodgepodge. I'm the only one that can find my way around it. That's all for now. Bye. Thank you, Lola.
0: Now we have to keep our ears open for hodgepodge. See if you can find it in today's tale. Are you ready for a story? Oh, yes, please. Okay, then. Mariucha and the Meatballs, adapted for radio. Meatballs were around long before Mariucha, but not these meatballs. These meatballs were lovingly hand-mixed and mushed and rolled into perfection one summer's afternoon, when school was out and Andrea was in. Nona Mariucha's kitchen, that is. The entire family was coming over this weekend for a celebration, of what we aren't quite sure, but they'll take any excuse to gather together. There'd be uncles and aunts, cousins and nephews, any sister, brother, father, or mother that was remotely related would be invited. Andrea was recruited by Nona Mariucha, not because he was her favorite, although he was— But because his passion for meatballs could not be matched, he'd spend hours patiently assisting Nona without argument or hesitation, all so he could be the one, the one and only, to taste test them. Nona had her favorite recipe, but she always set aside a portion of meat to be flavored at will by Andrea. He'd troll through her cupboards, adding a hodgepodge of herbs and spices and bits and bobs. Not all his combinations were successful, like the cinnamon and blue cheese meatballs or the sea salt and watermelon meatballs. But Nona never interfered. Those were his meatballs to season, to cook, and to ultimately taste. He didn't always get it wrong, either. Sometimes he got it Very right. Like when he swapped the coriander for the parsley in Nona's five-generation recipe? Nona changed the five-generation recipe. It was that good. This meatball-making day was a hot and sticky one. Squishing the cool minced pork and beef through his fingers was a welcome contrast to the weather. They mixed in the garlic, mushed around the sausage, and rolled each scoop into a tight little ball. Not so little you could eat them in one bite, unless, of course, you were Uncle Ricardo who could suck the meat off a quail in one swipe. In the normal mouth, these perfectly formed meatballs were two bites worth, so you had to notice each one cut them in half, and admire the hodgepodge of herbs and bits speckled throughout. Sometimes, when Andrea's personal creations were top-tier, he'd tuck them into Nona's batch and follow them to their diner's plate so he could watch as they were hit with Andrea's surprise addition. It was obvious when they reached the Andrea meatballs as there was a squeal or a hmm of intrigue or delight. This was the second-best part of making meatballs with Nona, after the personal taste test, of course. Today, Andrea had plans to add fennel and figs to one batch and paprika and peaches to another. Nona made a point of not making a point about his choices. "'The evidence is in the eating,' she said, and she meant it. Once all the balls were mixed and mushed and rolled— They would go into the refrigerator, stacked on trays. All except one of Nona's for Nona, and one of Nona's for Andrea, and one of each of Andrea's for Andrea, and one of each of Andrea's for Nona. Okay, that sounds confusing, I know, but basically, they end up with one of each flavor, each. If Andrea's passes the test, that batch would be added to the refrigerated ones. It is time, Polpetto. Nona said to Andrea, "'Time to taste the meatballs.' Nona made a pile of spaghetti and mounded one, two, three meatballs, one of each flavor for Andrea to taste. But first he named his pride and joy, one Benny, one Bob. Nona's meatballs preferred not to be named.' Now, no plate of spaghetti would be complete without a sprinkling of Parmesan cheese. So there it was, on top of spaghetti, all covered with cheese. Andrea's three meatballs, till he happened to sneeze. One rolled off the table and onto the floor. Then Andrea's poor meatball rolled out the front door. And it just so happened Enzo, the neighbor's dog, was passing by, fancied a meatball, and gulped it in one bite, much like Uncle Ricardo. Andrea was devastated. He'd only made one paprika and peaches meatball, and now it was gone. Benny, the meatball, was no more. Never to be tasted, never to be recreated, as Andrea's hodgepodge of ingredients were added without the aid of measuring implements, without the crutch of a recipe— A fleeting moment in time, Bob, the lonely experimental meatball, sat beside Nona's recipe, feeling like a spectacle with his vibrant fig pieces poking out here and there. Andrea could see he was uncomfortable, so ate him at once. Fennel and figs could be a contender. The rest of the day distracted Andrea until he found himself fast asleep and dreaming of meatballs two meatballs, in fact, by the names of Benny and Bob. Hey, is that you, Benny? Bob said, both confused and excited. It is me, and is that you, Bob? Bob shook his head yes. Well, what do you know? Benny said in wonder. Bob, being a meatball, didn't really understand the saying, so
1: he answered the rhetorical question. I know that I saw yous roll off the table and onto the floor, and then you poor meatball rolled out the front door. It wasn't a pretty picture, my friend, and without you I felt like a spectacle with my vibrant fig pieces poking out here and there, sitting beside Nona's meatball perfection. I couldn't take it,
0: buddy. Bob started to tear up. Benny did the honorable thing and set his mind at ease. So good, dude. I went on the ride of my
1: life. That Enzo, he licks himself something awful, but if you ignore the dog hair, the trip was totally awesome. I went into his barking hole and down this S.E. Fogus tunnel and straight into the Stomach Bowl. Oh, wow. We had some awesome times in there, hanging out with the other things he swallowed. I'm talking about bottle tops, coins, rubber bands, a hodgepodge of anything you find on the floor. I'm telling you, dude, Enzo has no limits to what he'll swallow. I, too, went down one of them essie focus tunnels, but the belly of Andrea had nothing but the finest food. It was a who's who of foodstuffs. You know what I mean? But now, look at us, together again. Totally. I mean, what are the odds? Benny said with another
0: rhetorical question. Meatball Bob once again took this too literally and started working out the odds. But being a not-too-bright meatball, that took longer than Andrea's dream and longer than our story. The end.
1: Oh, Jewels, you and your stories. As if a meatball could speak. A a sausage roll, perhaps, but a
0: meatball never. Ooh, a talking sausage roll. You might have something there, Nanny Bee. You mean a story seed you can grow into a full-size tail? Exactly. I'll put it in my seed box and see if it sprouts. You know, we take story seeds from any of our listening friends, so do get in touch. Go to
1: nannybee.com.
0: Go there to find out more about story seeds and being on the show like our talented caller Lola. You can like or follow us on iTunes or Spotify to get a reminder. And come back next week for more Tales and Tea.
1: And I leave a message for me, Nanny Bee, and you might be on the show. This has been a Toby Holt production for nannybee.com.